Sound like the usual mindless, boring, getting to know you chit chat. Welcome into the Green Insider Podcast, powered by eRenewable. I am your host, Fred Davis. Episode number 110 happening right now. It's a Saturday special kind of show. First time ever doing a Saturday podcast, but you know what? When you got as much great content as we do, you got to churn it out. And of course, this is the final part of the Energy Marketing Conference's recap, part two of the program. Part two of that wonderful series. Great stuff from that energy marketing conference. Shout out to Mr. Jack Dueck and uh, Miss Christina Corcoran. They did an absolutely tremendous job over there at the EMC 17. But today we're going to hear from Jay Harpole, CEO of APG&E, Kyle Andrus, asset analyst with Axiona, Mackenzie Meek, manager of market strategy over at EC Info Systems. We get to hear from a, a handful of folks from the JP Morgan Chase Bank group that were uh, sponsors of the event. And then, of course, Dean Fox, program manager manager with sales focus. So we're going to hear from all these folks in just a second, but before we hear from all those folks, let's hear from our CEO and co-founder, Mr. Mike Niemer, telling you what it is we do here at eRenewable. At eRenewable, we know going green is important to your business and your ESG rating. Besides offering PPAs and VPPAs, through our network of clean energy professionals, we can also offer renewable natural gas, or let us help you lower your carbon footprint with responsibly sourced gas from a leading global energy provider. Maybe you need green energy credits, whether it's unbundled RECs or RSG certificates. Your path to net zero and decarbonization is one step closer with the renewable. For more assistance, please call us at one 866 renew one Thank you so much for that, Mr. Mike Niemer. You can find out more about the company over at eRenewable.com and give us a follow on our LinkedIn page, eRenewable and the Green Insider Podcast, because when you do, not only are you privy to all the great content that we churn out week after week, day after day, but you and your team can be featured on our Follower Friday series where we take one member of our LinkedIn crew and highlight what you and your company are doing as part of the energy transition. All right, let's get right down to it. Part two, the recap, the finale of the Energy Market Conference is EMC 17 recap. It's happening right now. We're going to hear from Jay Harpole, CEO, APG&E, all these folks at the conference. Great insight. Just a lot of good feedback as well. What they gleaned, a little bit about what their companies are doing and what they're looking forward to the rest of the year. So without further ado, here is Jay Harpole, CEO, APG&E. One of the things you guys do is you offer a slew of renewable energy, green energy programs at APG&E. How important is that and what was, I mean, we know how much renewables are on the grid and how much people want, but was this a, a customer-driven type of deal, investor, or you know, kind of what helped you grow up that, that, that suite? Sure, so I think it's kind of internal driven as to kind of just part of our culture as well as customer driven. Right. So certainly we look at the structure of the products to fit the customer needs, but just the general idea of, uh, you know, all of us wanting to do more to uh, to reduce carbon footprints and help green energy succeed on the grid. Myself, I studied a lot of about solar energy yeah. five or six years ago, spent a lot of time learning about it so that I could understand how it integrated with the grid and how we might be able to provide products to consumers that, that help them, whether they have solar panels on their, uh, on their roof or they want to participate in something like community solar. And so did that give you kind of a leg up knowing that, you know, you did this six years ago and of course we heard Deb Merrill talk about it earlier that, you know, now it's, you're seeing a lot 
uh, go to the grid. How much did you, your, that knowledge and that studying of it help with y'all's transformation? It was invaluable. So I actually went out to Colorado and installed solar panels for a week. So really? I spent my own money going out there because I wanted to learn it hands-on. I wanted to understand how solar panels work, how they interconnect with the grid, what does it look like on the customer meter, and, uh, and it, it, it's been just completely invaluable to me to understand what that consumer is going through and to make sure that we can structure products that truly deliver value to them. It also helps in uh, looking at some products that competitors may have that really aren't good for the consumer. Yeah. And so now I can really understand and explain, uh, explain some of those myths to, to consumers and help them understand better. How much of that is your job is just educating folks what it means when you put solar panels and, and educating them after the, the solar panels sure, are installed? Sure, that's a great question because there, there's a lot of misinformation that's, that's being spread. So the vast, vast, vast majority of solar that's installed is what's called grid connected. It, it essentially uses the grid as the battery, right? Because the solar panels are not producing 100% of the needs of the house. They may produce 20% or they may produce 120%. So the, the grid uh, is essentially used as a battery for grid-connected solar. And so when the grid, for safety reasons, when the grid goes down, the solar w must disconnect so that energy is not being sent on a, on a dead grid that could very much injure uh, a lineman that's trying to fix the grid. And so when lines go down, the solar panels on your home typically will not work unless you've installed a battery system or have uh, a complete disconnected system. And uh, a lot of people out there selling solar are not explaining that to consumers. They're telling them, hey, if a, if a hurricane comes through, you'll still have power. In most cases, that is absolutely not true. Storage is probably, I don't know, let's say kind of 10 years behind solar in terms of coming down the cost curve. Okay. And so if you, if you add storage to solar, you're going to kind of double the cost. And so a lot of times it just doesn't make sense yet for uh, a consumer to necessarily have a battery with solar. They can probably accomplish a lot of their needs economically by simply installing solar panels on their roof. I, I think batteries are wonderful. I think they're gonna be part of our overall energy solution right. as we go forward. And there's certainly you know, batteries being put on the grid, but it doesn't necessarily always have to be paired behind the meter with a, with a solar panel. Get you out of here with this two-part question. One, Deb Merrill talked about how this is a very important time right now for the retail energy sector, for utilities to kind of help lead the way and become more relevant than they've ever been in guiding folks through this energy transition. Do you agree with that? And two, how will you at APG and E kind of help usher this period in? Sure. Yeah. No. It's it's definitely true because I think what's happening is it's becoming more complex. Right there, there are more decisions that that can be made by a consumer. And, um, and it's not something the consumer wants to spend a lot of time learning about or educating themselves. Some do, and that's wonderful. But many of them, they have lives to live, and they don't want to spend you know, hours and hours learning about solar energy in detail, the, the, the physical side of it, which is very complicated. And so they need someone who's going to go do that. And just it, what we do at APG&E is we try to make our customers' lives easier. That is our, our main mantra. We want them to go live their lives and, and, and not worry about, about energy. And so what we do is we make sure we do things like go install solar panels so that we really understand how they work, how they can integrate with the consumers. And so we can have 
uh, information. Uh, I, we've posted a series of blogs to explain to people the challenges of solar or things that they're going to hear. And then we have, you know, one-on-one -on -one conversations with some consumers really helping explain these things to them. Kyle Andrus, Asset Analyst, Axiona. What's been kind of the biggest takeaway for you so far? Uh, for me, a lot of it's been the risk management part. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I'm pretty new to the market side of things. I, I came from the operational side, so uh, making sure that I'm, I'm up to speed on some of the trends in everything from reporting to risk management, risk forecasting. These are things that I, I don't have any formal training in yet. Uh, so it's an opportunity to learn as well as to you know, see what other people in the industry and what other companies are right. doing and then get some perspective on that and bring that in from outside. Well, first off, I'll preface by saying this is my first time being in the state of Texas. Really? It, it is. Okay. Yeah. This is the first time I've been down here. My manager actually used to live down in Houston here. He's okay. been in the energy industry uh, as a commodities trader for an energy trader for quite some time. You know, at the time of the ERCOT event in 2021, I was really only with my department in my position for about three months. And they just pulled me out of an operations center where I just monitored and operated turbines and substations. Uh, so I had, I didn't have a lot of visibility in that moment as to what was going on. Uh, my wife, you know, I, I, as I told you before when we spoke, I kept stepping out when I was supposed to be tasting the, the food they were going to serve at my wedding. I kept stepping out to take phone calls. Uh, and this was just as things were starting to kind of start up. Leap was hitting the fan, so to speak. She was very upset with me in the moment. <laughs> now she understands. Now she understands. But to be honest, I don't know what kind of uh, place settings we were going to have at the wedding until I saw them. Because I missed that part, I was I was on a call back at the hotel. Uh, but but seeing now how other industries and other companies uh, were impacted by it, because you have things like retail here, you've got all these other industries, uh, you know, uh, specifically retail, and seeing how they reacted to it, seeing how they take that information and utilize that uh, to better serve their customers at that level, uh, was was very very insightful for me. Because again, I'm just on the power generation side. So then getting to see the, really the opposite side of that, you know, what's on the other side of the market that I deal with. Okay. And seeing how that energy is now passed on to the, the consumers, how they're impacted by it, what sort of things they're considering in purchasing power from the market. Yeah. And maybe that insight, I, I can't think of any immediate sort of application, but there might be one down the line that, sure. that, I, can, uh, that I can take away. Kind of speak to in your role how hard it is to forecast and plan for because I guess there really is no planning. I guess the planning is the you know unknown when it comes to trying to forecast and track wind day to day. My main role with regards to ERCOT specifically is to uh, effectively offer energy into the market with the applicable wind units that I have. We're not allowed to engage in any speculative trading or anything like that. So all I'm doing is looking at what my generation facilities will be capable of based on the wind forecast. Obviously, anybody who's watched the weather, uh, wondering if it's gonna rain, especially if you live anywhere near a coastline, you know that if they say it's a 20% chance of rain, bring an umbrella. Uh, I lived in Florida, they used to say, if you like the weather in Florida, wait 20 minutes. So there is a lot of difficulty in, in forecasting the wind, and uh, what I find as far as the volatility goes is that typically the volatility is not based just on, say, a forecast miss at my facilities, but that all of the prediction models typically have some sort of miss. And there are many, many of them. I'm not a meteorologist, but 
Uh, there are many models, and typically those models all tend to miss. When there's one miss, they all miss, typically. And that is where you get that, that sort of market volatility because you're relying on that wind to come in. And when it doesn't, of course, other units have to be called up because the load doesn't go away just because the wind's not blowing. So you have to continue to serve the load. These, you know, these commercial guys, they, they call in those gas units and prices can, can do some pretty crazy things. I work for Axiona, which is a company that is not based here in the United States. You work hand in hand, but at the same time, too, they kind of let you guys do your own thing. They do. They, they give us, we've developed a lot of good methods. Uh, we've spent a lot of time, you know, my, my boss even told me the first six months he had no idea what I was working on. <laughs> and uh, Fair he, he said, I really don't, I don't know really what you're up to. And then uh, six months later, you know, I had this big, uh, this risk matrix that kind of allowed me to calculate my day ahead and my real-time risk exposure from a, uh, a monetary standpoint and to you know, run a few sensitivities so I could see about where I might land if the wind came in stronger, if it came in weaker. I mean, again, these are approximations, but it was more than we'd really had because the company's was still, it's still growing. And as the company grows and scales up, so do its its capabilities have to grow and scale with it. And so this was kind of that next step that I was able to uh, to implement. And uh, yeah, it, they do give us some leeway now that we've kind of proved those concepts. How good does it feel to be back in person, to be at live events? I mean, I know you're probably zoomed out as much as everybody else listening to this. Again, shout out to my shipmate here. There's just something to be said for being in person, is it not? There is, there is. When we first started coming back to the office, that's when it really, it hit home for us that my department specifically, we work so well together. Uh, we're, we're a cohesive unit and they said, well, you guys need to share office space and you know the hoteling or whatever. And we just, we haven't. We actually prefer to come in and work with each other. There's you know a divider between the cubicles still, but I might just stand up and, and yeah. just shout over the cubicles uh, if I need help or assistance. And I'm very fortunate that that's the case. Hi, my name is Mackenzie Meek. I'm the manager of market strategy for EC Infosystems, now a part of Vertex One. And you actually, you're on both sides of it because you were also you were a speaker and obviously an attendee. Yes. Uh, what did you enjoy the most about the conference today? Um, my favorite part was the uh, chance to at least come back here since the pandemic first off, and then the amount of growth of women here has been absolutely incredible. When I was here in 2019, there was one woman speaker, and that oh, really? one woman made me want to keep fighting and bringing more people in, bringing bringing more women in. So I've been able to bring more women into this industry. Oh, wow. Um, just like a woman has brought me into the industry and now we're seeing 50-50 over here with 50% men, 50% women. It's yeah. been such a beautiful mix of people. So I know it had to make you feel good knowing that the keynote speaker was Deb Merrill. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's so exciting because, you know, now we got to see 10 plus women up there and yeah. really sharing their opinion and sharing what matters. And I'm just so glad to see more inclusivity here and especially, I mean, in other industries as well or other, you know, a joint industry such as brokers, things of that nature where they're starting to get more recognition, more leadership, and it's an amazing thing to see. You're with Vertex One. Yes. A little bit about what you guys do and what you're looking forward to in the 20 well in the September conference. Yeah, absolutely. So we uh, we were with or we are EC Infosystems. We were recently acquired by the largest uh, utility CIS and customer engagement platform, and we serve uh, the energy choice market uh, for billing and EDI. So we're the number one provider for both of those. 
Yeah, I got to kick off the day. It was amazing, and I, I was just blessed to have the opportunity in general. I think that um, you know, one person getting up there can inspire a million more, and so that's my really goal here is to bring more women into this industry because we have a lot to offer, and it's going to continue. Megan LeBossier, J.P. Morgan Chase. Uh, I really liked uh, the insight and the uh, thought leadership, uh, especially around uh, renewable energy and sustainability um, and where we see the industry going in the future. Go Navy. Uh, Tiffany Dugar Hatchett, Executive Director with J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, I enjoyed the Chase-sponsored Executive Lounge. I thought that was amazingly classy. Um, but I love the talk about operational efficiencies, okay. um, which pairs very well with our business. We, we are in the operation improvement right. and enhancement business. Um, so love that. Love a lot of the international expansion talk okay. and insights there. So great conference. We attend every year. Fantastic. First time sponsor. Okay. Well, next First time of many. too. First of many. First of many. That's First it. of many. And you right. are? I'm Dramina Cook, commercial okay. banker. I enjoy the networking, seeing everybody in person finally. Yeah. And also the CEO panel was my favorite. It was good, right? Yes, that was great. It was mm -hmm. nice. Yes, sir. Thomas Wally, JP Morgan Chase. I would say that I enjoyed the most the CEO panel. Just getting high level, 10,000 above view. That was a, probably the best one. And maybe the best hair here at the conference. Yeah, well. that's <laughs> Marine Corps hair. Hey, that is well yeah, done. Yeah. Thank you for yeah, your yeah. service. Thank you for and your you service. You as well. You Thank as well. You. Thank you. Yeah. Best time I ever had was at Camp Pendleton. Yeah. 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 That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Chris Garcia with J.P. Morgan Chase. And I'll echo that. Really enjoyed the uh, CEO panel, but mostly I just enjoyed seeing everyone in person in Houston, Texas, post-COVID. Looking forward for... More of these in-person events connected with our clients. I am from yes, sir. H Town, you know. H Town, yes, sir. Dean Fox, program manager at Sales Focus. Community Solar, just in a nutshell, what is it for folks that don't that don't know or they've heard it but aren't quite familiar with it? So, Community Solar is an opportunity where everybody has a chance to go green. Right now, a lot of these state initiatives, people are trying to be 100% green by 2040, 2050, depending on the state. Not everybody can put solar panels on the roof, right? Whether it's uh, trees around their house, financing, or their renters, this is open up for everyone. So if you're a renter, um, you're in a lower moderate income area, anything like that, everybody's eligible across the board and it helps the states get those initiatives to be 100% green by getting people enrolled. And so Energy Marketing Conference, why is it important for uh, you and your team at Sales Focus to be here? A lot of it's uh, you know, talking to different partners in different geographical locations um, where we can where can we kind of mix a lot of it so I'm becoming hybrid deals on the retail side, um, working with different people. So for us, it's, you know, like in New York, on the retail side, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, legislation that will, won't allow them to be there. But by connecting with the community solar program, it guarantees a discount yeah. and they can, they can get in there. So just opening up opportunities. Are you surprised, and maybe you are, maybe you're not, about how many people even maybe in this industry are aware of the benefits of community solar and its availability? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's um, we have a team right now in Maine of about 30 people up there. Um, our beginning conversations, people were, didn't really believe it was it was uh, accurate. It could actually happen. Yeah. And now they're seeing that, they're seeing that discount. It's really an education piece. Right. We speak at a lot of community events. Okay. That's one of the biggest things, too, is when we go into a new market, we want to go out there and we want to meet with the, the local communities, towns, nonprofit organizations, speak to them, and make sure everybody has the opportunity. Where are you guys out of? We have an office in... Um, Columbia, Maryland, and Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. Uh, but we're in uh, 38 states right now. How'd you stumble into this? 
recruiters came to me. I was doing digital advertising, running teams across and political and um, on security side of it. And okay. I want to get in the energy sector and it kind of worked out for me about four years ago. Uh, any, uh, any similarities between the two, politics and uh, <clears throat> energy? Yeah, listen, don't talk, listen, right? <laughs> That's the way to go. <laughs> How nice is it to be back in person? Oh, it's great. I mean, it's great for us. I mean, we had, you know, when the first when the pandemic first hit for us, it was uh, obviously a lot of our teams are door to door, really hurt us. But um, just in a few months, we were going to back out there. And now, honestly, with our canvassing teams, they're doing better. I mean, there's more people working from home. There's more opportunity. There's more communication. Um, it's really exciting. Last thing. Uh, one of the things that Deb Merrill, keynote speaker, talked about was getting people to care. Are you finding more and more after, with, you know, with all the, you know, the rhetoric and all the messaging that's out there, are you finding it easier to get to start that conversation about energy? Absolutely. I think that people can feel the passion, especially when, they're, when our, we go through our training and our field teams. But listen, uh, it doesn't take a, a, a genius to figure out the climate change when it's happening. We've got to make a difference, yeah. you know. And um, and this is a, a small part that we're doing, you know, limiting this carbon footprint. It's really enjoyable. You say you're a New York guy? Yep. Jets or Giants? Uh, I'm actually a Bears fan. A, but Bears a Yankees fan, fan, but a Bears fan, yeah. Okay. Yep. Right. Yep. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a tough hoe, believe me. It is a tough hoe. <laughs> it is, absolutely. Especially when you freed up all that money so the Twins could go get Carlos Correa. <laughs> <laughs> we digress. We digress. Yes, yes. Hey, pleasure, pleasure meeting you. Absolutely. All right, thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for that, Mr. Dean Fox. You can catch all of the Green Insider episodes over at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and on our website, eRenewable.com. Don't forget, the U of H series is continuing. We've got parts five and six going down next week. Of course, we've had a great feedback from episodes one through four so far. I can't, again, I, I sound like a broken record, ladies and gentlemen, but again, these young men and women that we've had a chance to sit down with have been absolutely mind-blowing. They, re they really, really have. Uh, this series has gone, has been even better than I I could have imagined. So I just want to thank once again Lauren Steffi, Dr. Krishna Morty from U of H Energy, and of course our CEO and co-founder, Mr. Mike Niemer, all of which have helped make this happen. Shout out to my girl Afria Nasir, who's been my co-host on this and has been a huge part in making all of it happen. So U of H series going down next week, parts five and six. And then of course the second part of our two-part interview with Eight Rivers, Mr. Damian Beauchamp, Chief Development Officer and President of Eight Rivers. And again, when you hear from him, I mean, Bill Brown was, in, was, was incredible. Damian Beauchamp, equally incredible. A lot of great stuff they're doing at Eight Rivers. You'll hear about that next week. Real quick, shout out to the entire eRenewable team and Mike, Roger, Al. Thank you guys so much. Without you guys doing what you do, we couldn't do what we do. This has been the Green Insider Podcast, powered by eRenewable. We make going green easier. Mm -hmm.